Are you feeling like you're not worthy of God's love or His attention? Are you feeling like you're just too unworthy to be here in church? At the start of my vacation a few months ago, Aaron and I attended church at another location. You know, it's kind of a curse when a pastor uh, worships at another church. You know, it's like you just can't sit back and just go through the service, you know, enjoy the service, whatever. You're just looking at too many other things. Gee, you know, we could be doing that, or gee, we could have that. Or I'm glad we're not doing that, and, you know, I'm glad we don't have that at our church. And you just, your mind doesn't stop. You're listening to the, to the pastor, and you're like, wow, I wish I could be as good as that guy, or yeah, I'm glad I'm not as bad as that guy. It's a curse, kind of. And, uh, you know, people watching is also a, a distraction for me. You know, when I go to a different church, I don't know the people usually at the church I'm visiting. And so it's interesting to watch what they do or what their custom is, what their traditions are. Uh, how do they look? You know, what are they? Are they participative in the service? And so it was that uh, at this church that Aaron and I were at, that I was distracted by this gentleman in the pew couple of pews in front of me who sat there absolutely motionless during the whole service. I mean, this guy did not move a muscle. He sat there, eyes straight forward the whole time, like he was gripped with fear. I mean, I don't know. It was interesting. I, I couldn't help thinking, what was the deal with this guy? You know, what was he thinking and feeling? He should be relaxed, happy, right? After all, he's saved. I'm I'm assuming anyways, you know, I don't know. Maybe he was sitting there with stiff unbelief. Several years ago in chapel here, uh, one of the preschool aides would come in with the kids and sit with the children while I would give a very simple message of the gospel and tell the, you know, would tell the Children, how much God loves them. And she would sit there looking completely terrified. Almost as if she was afraid of what I was going to say to the kids. Like what? Like I was going to condemn them or something? You know, I'm asking this because, well, I, I just have a feeling. It's possible that some of you, I could be wrong. But it's possible some of you, even if it's only one of you, may feel like you're just not good enough or there's something wrong with your faith for you to even be here. If that's the case, then I'm here to tell you it's not wrong to feel that way. God knows your struggle and your pain and your feelings. He cares about all that. He cares about you and wants you to receive His blessing here and get more of His comfort and strength in worship. After all, the worship service is not something we do for God. It's what He does for us. If church were something we did for God, there wouldn't be many of us here because, well, the flesh is weak, isn't it? Sin would have us somewhere else today doing something else. So, thank God our sin didn't get the best of us this morning. We're here in the sanctuary because He has things to give us. Still, somewhere along the way, we've learned to connect God's grace with happy people who've 
got everything together. You know, they got it all together and they have no struggles because, well, you know, if you're faithful to God, he'll give you a, a charmed life, right? When struggle does enter our life, or if struggle is all you've ever known, and God doesn't produce the life you want or make your dreams come true or make you feel better than, than, than you want, well, we begin to question whether or not we're truly worthy of his attention. So again, hear me when I say it's not wrong to feel or think like this. God knows what you are experiencing because our Lord Jesus himself prepared his most devout friends for a lifetime of struggle. You heard it a few minutes ago in Luke. Jesus encourages his disciples to pray and not lose heart. He wouldn't be saying that if they weren't on the verge of that or already heading into losing heart. To have faith in Jesus and to follow him involves living in a kind of paradox, you know. It means bearing an easy yoke, carrying a light burden, dying to live, and living in a gracious struggle. And what I mean by gracious struggle is we get so much grace from God, even with everything going on, even with all the bad things going on with us and within us, in us. Popular wisdom tells us everything comes at a price. But when it comes to God, we pay nothing to receive his love and forgiveness. Look at Jacob's struggle with the mysterious angel of God in our text from Genesis. Jacob didn't earn God's blessing from the angel by struggling. Jacob wasn't the most righteous man of God either. Since he was in his mother's womb, he was a mostly concerned with himself and his own desires. He was a liar, a cheat, very self-centered, and yet God blessed him and even changed his name. In the same manner, we're not saved by our struggles or our attempts at worthiness, but in the end, it's the will of God and the work of his son Jesus who died on your behalf. Several years ago, uh, my boys were in the concert choir, you know, for, I, I can't remember if it was high school or Voices for the Performing Arts in Sherwood, but anyways, the, uh, uh, another church in this area opened up their sanctuary because it was big enough to have this choir and have a, a free public performance. So Jill and I went, and uh, again, you know, the curse of a pastor, I got to check everything out in the church, right? So I pick up one of their hymn books, and I start thumbing through it, you know? And I land on this hymn, Lord, have I done any good? That's the name of the hymn. Lord, have I done any good? Here's how the hymn goes. Have I done any good in the world today? Have I helped anyone in need? Have I cheered up the sad and made someone feel glad? If not, I have failed indeed. Has anyone's burden been lightened today? Because I was willing to share? Have the sick and the weary been helped on their way? When they need my help, was I there? Then wake up and do something more. 
than dream of your mansion above. Doing good is a pleasure, a joy beyond measure, a blessing of duty and love. Well, that's all nice and everything. Unless you're the one who's sad, burdened, sick and weary. Then what? Wait for someone else who sung this awful hymn and got motivated to come cheer you up? And if you're singing this hymn in church and you realize you haven't done a thing for anyone and you have no intention of doing so, you've failed with God. More unworthiness. Does it ever end? Yes, it has ended with Jesus and his death and resurrection. You won't find this hymn in our hymn book. But you will find this one and many others like it. Hymn 320. Go ahead and pick it up. Look at it. Hymn 320. Lord Jesus, think on me. Lord Jesus, think on me and purge away my sin. From earth-born passions set me free and make me pure within. Lord Jesus, think on me with many a care oppressed. Let me thy loving servant be and taste thy promised rest. Lord Jesus, think on me. Amid the battle's strife, in all my pain and misery, be thou my health and life. That third line there, you know, that's, that's what being a Christian is about. Think on me, Jesus, in the midst of my struggles. And he does just that. He does more than just think about you. He blesses you with word and baptism, and his supper. He blesses you with his people, who in many cases are experiencing the same thing you are, or have. It's easy to fall into the trap and believe, and even expect things are easy when you're a Christian. You know, there are plenty of TV and radio and internet preachers peddling that misconception. But taking an honest look at God's word reveals life in his name is a gracious struggle. That was the experience for his people Israel and Jacob and many others. You know, the Canaanite woman whose daughter was possessed by a demon is another witness to this. You know, in the midst of all she was going through, she didn't have any worthiness to offer Jesus. She simply believed he could do something about her daughter and that was enough. Faith given to her by the Spirit was a blessing and it was enough. But what an additional blessing she received, right? When her daughter was instantly healed. And then there's Paul who's thrown into prison multiple times, beaten and starved, yet the Lord blessed him not on account of those terrible sufferings, but on account of the sufferings of Christ. Paul was blessed. And that's what got him through. The hope and promises of God and the Spirit who give faith to believe and to hang on for dear life until the last day. That's what being a Christian is. You and I are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses and we run by endurance. The life of faith. So, let God be gracious, compassionate, and loving God that He is to you. Still feel unworthy? So be it. 
You know, maybe that's a struggle you'll have until the end. But it doesn't change in any way the reality that you are his beloved child, whom he loves very much. And he has given his son to die for you. And he makes you worthy. He puts his worthiness on you like a garment, a robe. He's dressed you with his righteousness. I hope that other guy at that church gets that someday. I hope it sinks into his heart and he loosens up a bit in his pew and hears the good news with joy and some measure of happiness in the midst of whatever he's going through. There's nothing wrong with your faith in this tension of a gracious struggle. The tension that God cares for you and actively blesses you in your struggles, it's the manifestation of it's the manifestation, if you will, of, of faith, an act of faith. However small, you know, perhaps the size of a mustard seed. And we, we already went over that a few weeks ago. So may the power and the peace of God give you even more understanding, joy, and hope in the life Jesus has given you to last forever. Amen.